may not know his face. Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh! But if you recognize his voice. Oh, yes. You're among the devoted followers who watch him chase breaking news on CBS2 and KCAL 9 News. Stolen vehicle uh, officers, weapons out. In the air and now on a mic. That's kind of nuts. Here's Stu Mundell. <laughs> I'm Stu Mandel, and today we interview Michael Conley, writer extraordinaire. Bosch is probably what you're going to know him for, but he's also the writer of Lincoln Lawyer. Now, the Lincoln Lawyer movie, you've seen it probably, and if you haven't, go see it. But better than that, get the book. And there are more books from The Lincoln Lawyer. It's not just that one that made it on the big screen. He started out as a news guy, and that's how he got into the writing. And uh, if you are a fan of the books this is going to be one of the interviews you're going to want to listen to this is the how-to we get down we talk we get in deep michael conley author writer and uh i would almost say crime specialist so you started in did you start in los angeles is that where it all started for you in a way yes but technically i was a newspaper reporter for seven years in Florida, where I grew up before I came here in 1987 to work for the LA Times. Okay, what part of Florida, just out of curiosity? South Florida, Fort South Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale? Uh, yeah. And then you came to Los Angeles. Yes. And you got the job at the Times, and it was, uh, you did the crime beat. Yeah, from the start. It, back then, they were, uh, they had this big expansion into the valley with its own section and stuff, and like in one year, they hired a complete staff for almost like a separate newspaper, still called the LA Times, but we put out our own thing. So I was the valley crime guy. And uh, so I'm just being being a writer, and I got to tell you that too. I have huge respect for for writers, uh, especially like the news writer guys. They they write stuff down, and they and to me, writing very personal. And uh, but you guys write scripts and it just gets read and it's gone. And I mean, if it's a television show, it's a little different. But news, I mean, these guys are out there pounding right now, just pounding out keys and writing this stuff. And so you were out there writing stories about just the crime beat, meaning was it like a blotter thing or was it something a little bit more intense back in the day? Well, it was it was a basic blotter stuff. You know, we had this new section. We had a lot of space because they went out and sold ads for the the Valley edition of the LA Times, and you know, any newspaper uh, will tell you that they can fill fill those um, spaces around the ads with with crime stories. So I was out there writing four or five stories a day, and you know, and you always have a higher desire to do something more important or more significant. And so, you know, I always had something else going on, like a trend piece or, or you know, maybe a deep dive into a very uh, interesting crime. But it was all crime. It was all crime stuff. Yeah. So how did it, how did, what was, what was the, what was the moment? When did it, when did it kind of switch over? When did all of a sudden you start writing about, you know, writing as, as fiction almost? I used newspapers as a means to an end. So way back when I was 19 years old. 19 years old, and I read the books by Raymond Chandler. I said, this is what I want to try to do. So how do I get there? I don't know very much about crime and so forth. So on the advice of my father, rather than go and become an English lit major or something like that, creative writing major, I went into journalism. And he said that will get you into police stations and into courtrooms and things like that. And, and you know, because very specifically, it wasn't like at 19, I want to be a writer. It was I want to write crime novels. And so I always had that in mind. So I'm always gathering stuff. Even when I was in Fort Lauderdale working for my hometown paper, 
I was always putting stuff in my back pocket that I would hopefully use someday in fiction, you know, stuff that doesn't go into a newspaper story, maybe just a characteristic about a detective or something. Um, I was always kind of gathering that stuff. And I was writing at night and and so forth. Um, But things seemed to kind of gel. Uh, when I came to LA very quickly afterwards, I got to be I got to sit in at the West Valley Police LAPD West Valley Division, while um, some big shots from robbery homicide downtown came and put on a, a slideshow about a case they had not solved, hmm. and that they wanted to see if other if it rang bells with any other detectives and so forth. And I'm not sure they realized a reporter was in the room, but I had a, uh, a very accommodating detective commander at West Valley let me sit in there and it was all about this robbery where the bad guys used tunnels to dug tunnels underneath downtown and then up into a vault and, no way. and, and as I heard all these details it connected with something else that was of high interest to me and that was the tunnel rats of Vietnam and in just like all in a moment I realized I could take the real parts of this case connect it with a character who was a tunnel rat and basically Harry Bosch was born all in one day Wow, uh, and that became the, the basis of my first novel. So, but uh, just to, so this is something that you always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and you basically, and I, I say it like this because I've, I'm finding that a lot of the people that are super successful that I've been talking to, they all have that one thing in common is that they they have something in mind that they want to do, they have a passion for, and then they don't take the 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 the, the route like, oh, I'm going to go to school, like you said, I'm not going to go be a lit major. I'm going to go and work on the streets, make this stuff happen, figure the parts of the parts of the puzzle out, and make it all come together. And I find that to be amazing. I think that is so awesome. Well, I mean, it kind of <clears throat> freaks me out when I look back on it because it involved a lot of luck. It was also a, a you know, in, in many ways. You know, my father was a genius suggesting this to me because I would never have thought about it. Yeah, I, my parents would have probably, been the, my parents were the opposite. They're like, go to school, go to college. And right. I, I didn't. I, I was like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think I took a non-traditional way of getting there. But you know, the word, the key word that you just said was passion. I, I just never lost passion. I think some people would think uh, crime novels, like you, you, you go through a phase where you enjoy those or whatever, and then you move on to whatever. I just never did. I think I always kind of thought. I mean, this largely comes through reading, you know. Um, I was always been a reader of this of uh, of the genre. That there's some really artistic, cool stuff in there, and there's some real, oh. real solid and important reflection of what's going on in our world. And so, if you can gravitate towards that, you can see like the the higher calling of it. So I kind of always had that. I always had that hope that I could, you know, go down that path eventually. You know, the, something that uh, I have to say about all you know all your books very true to real life um there's there's that little there's that link where anybody in law enforcement that i've spoken to all seem to agree is that it is amazing how the books and and the show now are so true to what is actually going on out there and is that was i mean obviously you come from that world is that did you build that in? Were you trying to be a little bit more realistic, or did it just happen that way? Well, I've kind of taken the same ethos, if you will, that I bring to my books or I've brought to my books for 25 years uh, to the show, and that is, what do I have? You know, there's lots of writers out there. There's gifted writers, much better creative people than me. But I had this press pass, and I had been in LAPD stations, and I had been on the other side of the yellow tape, 
and I've had these experiences. And so it's like, this is what I have. So if I'm going to move into this world of nonfiction, I got to make it as real as possible. I got to bring all my journalism into it. And, you know, that's the, the number one priority, make it real. And, uh, you know, you're, you're essentially writing about a, an imaginary person. In my case, most often a guy named Harry Bosch. He's not real. And so I've just always <laughs> you felt... You sound like my wife now. Whenever I start talking about your book, she always says to me, she goes, you know, Stu, these people aren't real. And I was just like, well, they well, are. True. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what you do, I mean, the trick, and I can't say I knew it in book one, but I've come to realize it, and that's what makes me think how lucky the path is I've been on that these things kind of fell into place. But I had this idea, he's not real, so if I plan his feet in as real a world as is possible, he's going to connect with people, um, you know, and so I, I get the politics of the police department right, I try to get the procedure right, I try to get the restaurants right, I, you know, right, yeah. I try to get everything right because the guy at the center of all this is, is wholly made up and or you know uh, an amalgamation of stuff that I've collected over the years and I think that's just the way to um, deliver the story the character and how to connect that character with um, the reader or what, in this case now the viewer was was Bosch the first one was he your first uh, character was there anything like a book maybe before that I wrote before I moved to Los Angeles I moved to Los Angeles in 87 when I was 30 years old um, so in my 20s, I was always writing. I was, you know, trying to um, get this craft down. And I wrote a couple books that I never sent out and no one's ever read. And they were, the guy wasn't named Bosch and he wasn't an L.A. cop. It was all set in South Florida where I grew up. But there were characteristics that were similar. Um, but no, the first book I wrote was called A Black Echo. That was yep. the debut of Harry Bosch. And that was the first thing I ever published. But it wasn't the first thing I ever write. So wrote. anybody that's a, about the books, um, you know, there's there's the show. There's there's Bo there's Amazon Bosch and then there's Book Bosch in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, same but different. Um, in the books, you've created this uh, entire world where we meet other characters uh, and then other characters are in the other books. There's the, you've, you, you branched off Lincoln Lawyer, right. which I, I want to, you know, uh, but uh, you branched off into the Lincoln Lawyer. But there's all these other characters that's so realistic. Is, is all this kind of planned or like are you writing and then you just kind of create a character and you're like, oh, I, I dig this chick. Well, you know, he'll, you know, be, you know somebody will run into her later on. Is, is that how no, it's, it's like that a lot. I mean, no, I don't have like a master plan. I do have this idea that all the books are interlinked and they're all they all of, live in the same world. Yeah. It's like one big Hieronymus Bosch painting where there's stuff going on all over the place. Is, is that where it can't where, where the name comes from? Yeah. Yeah, sure. And um, so, you know, I had that going on, but I don't have like a chart on the wall of any kind of master plan. But it, it's exactly what you just said. I'll write about a character and I'll say. I'm not done with this character. I like this character. I want to see what else happens with this. And, you know, sometimes I'm finished with a character and that's it. That's it. Um, you know, you, it's, you spend a lot of time writing the books. It takes me about 10 months to write a book. So I have to know for sure that it's a character that is going to be interesting to me so that, you know, I get up every day and can't wait to write about that character. And, you know, some of them make that and some of them don't. Some of them have a lasting power like Harry Bosch that I can't explain, but I'm just not done with him. I'm fascinated by him and at all stages of his life now because I've been able to, you know, show him over a 25-year evolution. 
So there is no like you 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 we're doing a podcast just audio, but you you looked at the wall and it was funny because that's what I pictured. I if you know in your den there's this like little posted cards with with uh, with yarn going from here to here to here to here. There's nothing like that. This is all <laughs> this is all inside your mind. I like the the uh, yarn stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's just it's really like a um, a moment of opportunity. I'll I'll figure it out. Like in this past year. Last year I wrote two books, and it was that's because the characters were just uh, they just came out of me, and and you know most of the time I carry around ideas for books for a long time, and then it just naturally becomes time to write about. But I put out this new character, Ballard. Yeah, named Renee Ballard, yeah. and you know she's very much inspired by a real detective I know, and and she's been helping me with my books for years, and I just kind of realized I should write about a character who's had some of her experiences. So that's where that came. And when I started that book, I swear it was going to be a one-off. It was like, you know, my book about a female detective. But by the time that was over, I knew I'm coming back to her. She was just so interesting to me. So right now, I'm writing a book that has her and Harry Bosch in it. And they end up crossing paths and end up first being at odds and then working together. And that will be the book this year. And that's that was not part of a master plan. In fact, this time last year, I doubted anything like this would happen yeah i love that little part in uh, in the late show i think it was like maybe not even a paragraph where where renee ballard talks about hollywood station and how they're filming some some show there you know mm -hmm. and i i just thought you know i i was just like wow it's so cool that they're that they're interconnecting um you know is there is there a formula for a great detective uh like as in you know bosch lives in that awesome house uh, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, Renee uh, lives in a van, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm I'm older, a little older, and I remember watching, you know, Rockford, you know, Rockford Files. Here's a detective, and, and he's living on the beach in this trailer. And then there's uh, Magnum P.I., another famous one. So there's always, like, this interesting spot to live. And then and then there's always the car, which uh, in, in your books, uh, you've got a – I'm a huge car guy. Uh, you have that passion for the Cherokee. Right. Um, yeah, a lot of your characters seem to drive the Cherokee. Cherokee or the Lincoln? We'll get into that in a minute. Is, it, I got to ask, uh, so is there, is there a formula? Is, there, is, that, is that like an intent? Or? I don't, I don't want to say there isn't a formula, but I think we're drawn to read and to write about characters that are a little odd in some ways or have something off. You know, like I live in a normal house on a normal street, <laughs> so I like, you know, writing about... Uh, someone who is feels most comfortable sleeping on the beach, you know, right. um, and then you can get into the psychology behind these things, and then the, you do a lot of stuff just for yourself. Right. Um, you know, the cherry, I'm, the Cherokee that Harry has is the old style, early '90s, so it's like a square, the square one, and Caleb, and, and that says something about him. He's yeah. a square peg; he doesn't fit in. And like, does anyone get that when they're reading it? I don't know, but it, it helps me. I did. I got okay, it right good. away. All right, good. So, um, but it helps me on the, the ten months I keep talking yeah. about. I got to be plugged in. I got to, you know, feel interested in this person. I got to be inspired by this person. And, you know, um, I can't say it's hard to do with Harry Bosch. I mean, I've never struggled to write about him. And I think this is maybe the 22nd book that he's going to be in. Yeah. But, um, you know, you just find these things. And you have this, maybe it's very egotistical, but I have this feeling that if I'm plugged in and I like the Cherokee, then readers are going to get that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, Caleb drives one too, right? Uh, the FBI from the, the FBI. He did, guy. yeah. He had yeah. he had one also. 
So uh, first movie comes out. Um, I'm uh, Lincoln Lawyer, right? Is that the, the, the how it all kind of came together? See, I got a huge fan, but I kind of I found out about you and the books and, and everything kind of the backwards way. I, I saw the show first. And well, this is a good story for me to hear. I and like I, I love the show. And I started, you know, just telling friends and on the Internet. And then somebody says to me, he goes, hey, there's a book series. Yeah, I was like, what? And then I so I made I all your stuff. I've, I even read um, uh, safe. What was it? Uh, box? No, safe. Safe man. Safe man. Box. Oh, OK, the short. Yeah, short. the short one, the super short one. And, and then uh, the Vegas murders. That's uh, the short story. Well, one. There's a lot out there. <laughs> You found yeah. you found a lot of the obscure stuff. Yeah, because because uh, I can't get enough. I, I went through all the all the meat, and now I'm doing all the the stuff on the side. But um, <clears throat> but then I found out about Lincoln Lawyer. Never saw the movie, and so I'd been a huge fan of the show. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this movie. I never watched it. Nothing. I huge fan of Matthew McConaughey. Um, and all of a sudden, I was, I'm not going to say upset, but I have to wonder about you because in the book, let's just, let's just take like the little piece from the beginning. In the beginning of the book, he starts out in the Antelope Valley and he's driving down the 14 and they pulls over by the Vasquez Rocks. And in the movie, you know, I'm expecting kind of like those shots. And all of a sudden he's like downtown and he's like, hey, let's go. He it's his driver. And I'm like, that's San Fernando Boulevard. Right. <laughs> you know, um, were were you were you upset by this? Were you was or was it like early on where you know the authenticity wasn't really the thing? Well, it, there, movies and TVs are completely different animals, and I've had uh, you probably don't even know this, and I'm not telling you to go back and look at it, but I had an earlier movie. I'm gonna uh, find a, it. A, a Clint Eastwood <laughs> movie was based on the the Michaela book, Bloodwork. And um, so that came out around 2000, and um, that deviated wildly from the book. Right. And um, and then, you know, Lincoln Lawyer came out, I guess, about 10 years later. But my experiences in Hollywood, when, it, when it's a movie, it's like you sell their book. And I'm not complaining about anything because a lot of this stuff has uh, bought me houses and stuff. So you take their money, it's their turn to tell the story, yep. and they don't necessarily want the writer around. Oh. And um, and so I had very little to do of any either of those films, um, and but that was a good lesson to learn because I had also sold Bosch to um, Hollywood in the '90s, and it was uh, you know a first deal. I had zero leverage, you know, and so it had a long tail on it. So I didn't get Bosch back into my. They never made a movie, obviously, and I didn't get Bosch back into my control until like 2010. And by then, I had gone down these paths, and I just said, I'm not, Bosch means too much to me. I've been writing about him for going on 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much good TV out there now, serialized TV. So I said, I want to go in that direction, and i got to go with it. You know, I'm going to watch over this one. And so that's where the Bosch television show comes from, and, you know, I'm very much involved in that. And, and I think that has been so – I mean, I really like those other films, I mean, right. for different reasons. Oh, no, I, I mean, but, like I said, um, Lincoln Lawyer was awesome. Uh, it was just the – you know, I was expecting all that authenticity that I see with the Bosch and then not to have it there, I thought was, you know – Yeah, there's little moments of it in the, fi in the film, stuff that I really – like in film and some of it's not from the books there's some right there's actually some moments of authenticity in that movie that don't come from the books that i really appreciate and you know i kind of get credit for because it comes from my book or you know the movie comes right. from my book 
but it's TV and Bosch is just a different animal, and um, you know we have amazing cooperation from the LAPD and access and all that kind of stuff. It's it's just been kind of amazing. You actually got to, I, I know this, you actually got to film in the station, at least the, some of the pilot stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, just my, a couple of uh, law enforcement friends that had watched it, they, they, were, they were doing that. How did they pull that off? That's what they were saying to me. And I just was like, well, they filmed it there. And it's, they don't close the station on the weekends, too. You know, that's what they no, were No, you know, what happened was, it was interesting. But I, before I can tell that story, it's like every lab scene that we've ever shown is in the real lab. Um, the morgue scenes are on the real morgue. We've just been able to get that kind of access. So we've never bo- built any of those kind of stages. But we shot the pilot and um, got access. We were allowed to film, um, I think it was either two or three days in the station, the real station. Mm-hmm. They allowed us to do that. And we shot the pilot. And then Amazon said, okay, let's do a series. And it's like, no, we're not. you can't keep coming back in here. So, so we had this stuff filmed in the real station so we had to build an exact duplicate and you cannot tell the difference we have a lapd station hollywood station on a stage in hollywood and you know a lot of the cops come over to see it because it's like the seventh wonder of the world to them how accurate it is to the other place and that's because we didn't want to tell you we didn't want people to know the difference between the pilot and the next episode um okay so characters uh a couple of the books at the end uh you uh give credits to the people that are involved in the books and every now and then there's an actual name of a character and uh just for um uh just just for just picking one at random is uh you got Cisco. Where's your house keys? Right, and that's a real person because you give credit to Cisco at the end. I just have to wonder: is the Cisco in the book the really like the Cisco that you know personally, or is it? Uh, is yeah, it, he's um, yeah, he's very much like that. He's an ex biker. Oh uh, wow! He's he's a guy who actually messed up his knee and had a cane with. Uh, I don't know which books you're talking about because he's in a in few a, of them, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so I use a lot of his his real life. Um, I have to be circumspect of what I say because some of it's not Because he's a big dude. You good. don't want him to come after no, you. No, I mean, well, he's actually my researcher, um, but he was a private eye. And, right. And private That's eyes, what he is in the book. Yeah, and mostly what those guys do is internet stuff. You can be a big guy and you mm-hmm. think you're out there doing heavy lifting, but most private eyes are finding people on the internet and yeah. finding out information. And so that makes him a great researcher. So as a side, I do I use him for all my internet research, and and I also use him as a character because he tells a lot of good stories from his biker days. But you know the thing about acknowledging people, and many of them are real characters, is that this comes back to me being a journalist. I I have a what I think is my best facility is not making stuff up. Right. It's it's, it's throwing out that net and getting good stories and then i know how to put it together um but almost but almost you know you could go through a book stick your finger in it somewhere and say where did this come from and it and i can almost guarantee i won't be able to say it came out of here baby (laughs) i'll say it came from the real person you know Um, that's this was a story someone experienced and i've i've taken it um almost all the time with permission um and that's why i acknowledge people that's but, awesome. But, you know, almost all the stuff is is um, rooted in, in true stories. 
There's a reoccurring character, a small part, uh, the the lady with the with the dummy that comes to the court. Uh, they've used her, I think, in two stories. I really, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name. I can probably dig it up. I wrote down, but uh, do you know the character I'm talking about? She's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, she, I mean, the dummy that she shows, like, how people Right, how, people, how yeah, the yeah, shots yeah. are fired yeah, and yeah. stuff. Is that a real person? Is she a real person? or? I think she's, like, a conglomeration of people. I can't remember offhand. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I uh, used her, I think. So uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Renee Ballard. She's uh, mm-hmm. she's kind of the new the new cool, and she is. I, I thought that that story was awesome. Kind of follows in the footsteps of Bosch in a way. And you're talking about a, a, the next book coming out. They're possibly uh, they're gonna they're gonna meet. Right? Are they gonna Are they just gonna meet like uh, like Bosch kind of runs into his stepbrother, or is it gonna be something a little bit different than that? No, they're working together on a case. Wow. Um, and they come at it. They kind of cross paths. They both pick up on this case for different reasons, and then kind of meet in the middle and realize they're both doing the same thing. It's an interesting uh, form for a book for me. I actually have alternating sections where it's, they're labeled Bash, Bosch or Ballard. So you're with Ballard for like three or four chapters and Bosch for three or four chapters and you kind of get angles on the same thing but different angles. I'm trying to remember the book you did that on a, I, I know you did that on another one uh, that was, uh, I think it was The Poet. The, yeah. And The Poet, you did it like that as well. I, the uh, the reality the 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 realness is uh, one of the things that I just uh, I just love. It's like my personal favorite, especially about the books, and it just shows Los Angeles life. There is very much of that going on where we run into people uh, that we know uh, just in the streets, and that we we there's a lot of paths crossed there as well. But it's also LA life is you go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a thing. It's like everybody that lives in L.A. pretty much goes to Vegas. And you bring that up in the books as well. You have a connection with, with, the, with the town. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> um, also, um, border towns in Mexico, I go there a lot. To me, that's all an extension of Las Vegas. I've I, always wanted, I can't even say the name of the street, uh, the XXYYZZ or what, what is that? Zizix. Zizix, yeah, that one. I, I've never gotten off on that off ramp and now I find out that there's that whole little abandoned town out there from your books. Yeah, that's I, all true. See, and, I'm not making stuff up. Yeah, you're not, and I've never thought, that's the thing. He's like, I, I find that to be so freaking cool. Uh, I gotta ask, um, I was, uh, like I said, I was reading around the Cleopatra. What what was what hotel was that actually based on? Can you say or I think it... it was well, I mean, when I was working on that, I was staying a lot at Caesars. Okay. But you know, the whole the construction with the pulpit where the guy watched all that's kinda of made up. Yeah. That, but yeah. um because that's what I, I was sitting there. I'm thinking to myself, two towers. I'm like, is he talking about the palms? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. The, the, the trop has two I'm, towers. I'm beginning to see your wife's point of view on this. I mean, this is stuff. It's, it's a novel. <laughs> Some people get into it. I mean, I, I, so uh, in the books, you go to like a lot of cool places. Um, and I think you've probably hit everyone in the, in the show uh, uh, Dupree's is not that you don't. We only I think we only see it once in the show, don't we? Um, yeah, uh, Dupars. Dupars. Uh, we du have pars. a big part um, for it in uh, the upcoming awesome sports season. Okay, we actually filmed there three days. Wow. Yeah. So, which for a TV show is a commitment. So, 
And uh, just recently, I did the um, I did the own my own personal wish my wife by the way by my own personal Bosch <laughs> tour. We did the uh, the book house, the real house, and we didn't knock on the door or anything. And uh, but we drove all the way up to the top oh, and yeah. we hung out there for a minute. And then we did um, <clears throat> we did Musso and Frank's. And she loved the Musso and Franks. I'd never been there. All this oh, yeah. time I've been in Los Angeles, I've never been to Musso and Franks. And I thought that, I, you know, I, was, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was super cool. To, is that a place where you hung out? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I knew, you know, I'm always trying to mix reality of places cops would go and, um, and cool L.A. spots, uh, you know, or that have a history that I can use that location to get into some history. Because right. um, history... If it's, especially if it's Bosch's history, that's that's con- sharing with your reader. So those kind of places are important. So, you know, I knew some detectives from Hollywood Homicide that would go there, you know, like on occasions, not like a it's not like a hangout. Not like I was going to say, I, I can't see a bunch of officers hanging out at uh, Musso and Frank's. Right. Um, <clears throat> so the characters in development, just uh, to keep going with that, is they uh, we, we know that... Uh, Mickey has a daughter, and then Bosch has a daughter. And in the, is that something also that from just a piece from the personal life, or is that? Uh, yeah, I share. Um, the three of us all have daughters, the same age. <laughs> they all go to the same college, you know. So it's like, on one thing, it's you know a writer using what's around him, but it also makes it a little easier for, um, you know, me to crib off of my own experience with my daughters to give it to these guys you know like the the texting and the college life and right. things like that yeah my oh that was going to say that too that was a, something else that i find really super cool about the books i didn't read them in order but you can kind of tell where they are just by the technologies around them like right. the cell phones like well, how they're using their cell phones and then they become smartphones and stuff getting writer i'm uh, getting uh getting uh producer notes so uh typical day for mike I'm sorry, Mr. Conley. Sorry, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> typical day? Typical um, day. It's hard to have a typical day. I'll tell you what my typical <clears throat> day is now. I stay, um, I kind of, um, I lived in Los Angeles from full time from 87 to 2001. Then when I was uh, kind of a standalone, uh, writing was my only gig, I started going back and forth between Florida and here because um, I wanted my daughter to know her grandparents. So parts of the year I'm in Florida writing and then most of the time I'm out here and like a day like today is that was my long way of saying I like to stay on Eastern time even when I'm out here. So today I got up at five and started writing. It's eight o'clock over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not a hardship. I just woke up and started writing. So I got a few hours of working and I I would normally go to the writing room for Bosch, which basically runs from 10 to 2 every day. And, you know, I have my fingers in a lot of stuff at Bosch, but the most important thing for me is the story. So I try to be in the writing room. We start in March, start filming in August. I met some of those writers uh, on set. They were doing bit parts, and uh, they seemed to be an, an honorary bunch, to say the least. They, uh, they, they, were, uh, they were fun guys. Uh, well, we have, yeah, we have a good um, crew. Um, not a lot of turnover, and, and now we're into our fifth season. I can imagine. And it shows um, in the show. It does. I, I think, there, you know, there isn't, like, that weird, all of a sudden things change. You know, right. Like, like and, it, and it seems to be pretty solid. And, that, and I think, just as a viewer, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of continuity, and, and that's what's, what's important. So, 
I do that 10 to 2 and then hang around if there's other stuff I need to have an opinion on and botch. And then I, uh, if I'm lucky, I get back and get a couple more hours of writing done. On, um, when I say writing, I mean my books. So uh, favorite book, what favorite book you've written. So wh which one is your favorite book? Um, I'm not saying this is my best book, but my favorite is probably The Last Coyote, which was um, I like that one too. only uh, four books into my career, so I hope it was not my best one. I've written about 20 <laughs> since then, or actually 25 since then. So hopefully I've gotten better as a writer, but that was the first year, first book I wrote where I was a full-time writer. I was able to leave my day job and give un, un, unadulterated focus to, to my writing of books, and I could tell a big jump in quality, and so that just meant a lot. It also coincided with the O.J. Simpson year, and being a guy who had just retired from the media, uh, I was really kind of happy not to be part of that. You know, I, and the guy I trained to take my place, I saw often in the big crowds of media outside the gates of his house and things like that. So I just was like saying, I'd had enough of it by then, so yeah. so I was happy to just be in my house and um, writing that book. So it just stands out to me as a great year on that same on that same note you say you, you mentioned earlier about 10 months to to write a book is it something ever like really just come together yeah has there ever been like this moment where you're just like this is it yeah i mean around that same time i wrote i right after the last coyote i wrote um the poet and that was yeah i just finished being a journalist that was a journalist story and it was the fastest book i ever wrote just came out. I wrote it in about three months. And I think mostly because when I sit there and write a book about Harry Bosch, I, there's some contemplative moments where I'm thinking, what would Harry do in this situation? Everything I know about Harry, what would he do? And when I was writing that book about a, basically about a newspaper reporter, I didn't have that moment. I just wrote what I would do or what I would say, and that just made the process faster. In, in, in the television show, I just an opinion just an opinion in the television show you kind of come at the uh come at the media a little it seems like almost a little harsh right no and, it's uh i've had many people say i've um uh <laughs> i think you know i betrayed the brotherhood or whatever uh, no, and i, and no, I know i acknowledge no, no. i acknowledge that that especially the first season yeah yeah the first season i kind of threw journalists under the, journalism or journalists under the bus bus <laughs> And since then, I've been trying to redeem myself, and I think we're moving in, in closer the, and closer books, to realistic. They're not, they're, they're not demonized. I mean, in the books, they're actually, you know, a means to an end for sure. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, one of my friends was actually he said that it, it was almost to the point where it was like the the reporter guy was gonna had one of those mustaches and he was twisting the mustache and says, "I'm gonna get you, Bosch." Well, the uh, it's true, uh, you know, I I accept all that. I think that's all accurate criticism, and I think it's not criticism. But what happened? No, I mean, I, I take it as I mean, I think it is, and it should be. Um, but I think what happened is we went overboard in saying this is Bosch's view of, of journalism, yeah. and, and and that's a lot kind of, of what off, yes, have, I was going to say, totally, that, that is the truth. That is the truth. But, that, but, that, but the show is not really all through his eyes, so that's where we made the mistake. And right. I think, you know, in season four, we don't really have a lot of media, if any. But I think by the time we got to season three, there is a reporter in there named Anderson. We are actually, at this point, allowed to film in the LA Times, too. I just think it's more accurate. Yeah. Um, what uh, I, I kind of know this one just from from the internet. <laughs> what kind of books do you like? What What are you reading? Um, well, that's like a sad 
answer because I, I can be writing when most people are reading. So I read less and less, which is a shame because I think I'm doing this because I was a reader right. or am a reader. Um, but, you know, I still try to keep my hand in and see what's good in crime fiction. But there's no one like. There's no one like you. I'll fill no, that one in no for one, you. I, for there, real, there is no there is no other Michael Connor. Well, I, that's a nice compliment. Um, there's no. I was about to say there's no one that I can read everything they do. There's probably one guy. His name's James Lee Burke. Have you ever read of him? No, but I'm gonna you look him up. You should check him up. Check him out. Um, I I would say he's the only contemporary writer that I read everything he does. Wow. So. Um, <clears throat> Do you have any any advice for people who are like coming up in in the business? It's tough because um, I've been in it for a while, and it's so different. It's like Bosch and technology. It's mm -hmm. so different from when I first. Uh, when you say business, you mean publishing or uh, TV? Writing, writing, writing. Right. I, I think we should go with the writer. As yeah, a writer I mean, point it's just view. you know, every oh, cliches are cliches because they're true. I mean, it's just kind of like. I always say there's so many people who talk about being writer and they don't write. It's like you got to put your head down and write it. Yeah. You know, do it. Don't talk about it. Um, but that's what every teacher tells you, you know. Um, you know, I try to write every day and pretty much successful at that. Probably I, the only time I take breaks are between drafts of books. Wow. So, like, when, you, so when you're writing, I, I just... Uh, so you're you're at your house. I, I I don't know, and if it's I don't mean to get personal, but you just the way you're talking about it. I'm very visual, so I'm thinking it's like you literally like lock yourself in your in your house and just you know you're just writing. You're like don't bother me. I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna write. Well, I do. I am most productive in those dark hours when everyone's asleep in L.A. But I'm on Eastern time, and uh, I get a lot done. Are you are you still handwriting? Just out no. of here, or just no, all typing? I write on a laptop. Write on a laptop. I mean, I don't write at a desk or anything. I just sit in a chair and write. But um, yeah, I, just, I think it's important to write every day, even if it's only for a small amount of time, just so you don't lose the the thread of the story and the character. Just right. keep it keep you know, it moving, swimming around in your head. Yeah. So I try not to ever lose that. And sometimes it's good to lose it when you're done a draft. You're finished a draft and you want to step back from it and take a week off or a few days and then come back to it with fresh eyes to reread it. That's the time I take breaks. Well, that's cool. What's next? What's the big, what's the big next for uh, Michael Conrad? The big next for me is uh, this book I'm writing now. It's called Dark Sacred Night, um, and it's Ballard meets Bosch. Mm -hmm. um, i got to get that finished probably in the next month or so. It'll come out later this year. That's awesome. I'm going to look forward to that. I got uh, just uh, on, on another little personal note to make it a little more conversational. So uh, I, I'm trying to think about the name of the book. I'm drawing a blank, and I do apologize because you got to know I love all your stuff. But you were talking about uh, the plane, the book where they were leaving out of Whiteman. And you had, uh, had Bosch go into the tower and actually talk to the guy in the tower. Mm -hmm. And when, I, when you were writing that, and I was, and I'm like thinking to myself, he's talking to Joe, you know. You're familiar with Whiteman? Yeah, yeah, because oh. I, I, I'm the guy in the helicopter. Okay. So uh, we were out of Whiteman for the longest time. My oh, plane right. was out of Whiteman, and and I and I was, you know, and then you described him with the Hawaiian shirt, and then I'm thinking to myself, holy crap! Did you? So did you actually go up there and meet these? guys? No, I didn't. Um, because but I mean, it, it was dead. <laughs> it was like a transference. Um, you know Henrik Basson? Yeah. Um, Henrik Baston has friends who fly out of Whiteman. Okay. And so he connected me with some of them. All right. And it was literally phone conversations 
and they describe things. You nailed that guy. Like like I said, when you when when I was reading that, I was like, holy crap! Did he actually go down there and meet these guys? Um, well, so that's two kinds of truth. That's the two kinds uh, of truth. That's the um, the book we're going to do for a fifth season. So, yeah. Just, hey, so, so maybe I get a chance to meet Joe. Yeah, he come up there to film. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great book, by the way. Um, is there like anything else that uh, like? Is there any funny things like you know? Bosch is always it's kind of dry. It's dry humor. You know, if there is humor in there, it's 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 kind of dry. Are there any times that you try to you know? make them a little bit more goofy or a little bit more funny or anything like that? I think the the opportunity or where I look for that opportunity is with his daughter. Okay. Um, you know, a slight... Poking fun at him. Yeah, and, and then him, him being sarcastic back. I think that's where you see some of his humor and his, his humanity. The sarcasm, I, 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 that, that's one of the things that drew me to Bosch, by the way, too, is just how he's kind of like that dry, sarcastic. And, you know, he's also, he's an underdog. I mean, he is, you know, if you know the character, you know he's not, but he always seems to be the underdog. Like the other detectives, they don't really, you know, they, they don't love seeing this guy. He's always kind of like, like, oh, God, this guy, you know? The odd man out. I mean, yeah. it's it's really powerful to write about that. It really draws me in. Um, you know, the outsiders looking in, and you know, he's <coughs> through all this career for most of it. At least he's had a badge, in a gun, and he's yep. very much a representative of the state, which mm -hmm. is the overdog. But yet he feels and acts like an underdog, and I think that kind of is. It's a what's, huge draw. It's worked. Yeah, it, it's a huge draw. And then, of course, it's it, he always he always bumps his head up against the uh, the not so good cop. You know, right. So, anything you want us to talk about? Well, I, I'm hooked into the social media. I know that there's quite a bit uh, for you. I, I don't know if there's uh, any any social media stuff that you want to put out there, talk about, hype. Uh, no, I mean, just uh, I don't have anything. Um new for a while you know uh until i have a book and you know we obviously have a season of bosch coming out in yep. about a month i don't know when you'll put this out yeah. um this will probably uh, be out on friday okay. we're hoping for friday so i hope soon to join you in the ranks of podcast people um uh some of the cops that have helped me with my books maybe it's like you know 20 years what is it's almost 25 years since i've been a journalist maybe Something about that is calling me back. So, um, and I think the way to do true crime now is on a podcast. On so, a podcast. Uh, so, um, slowly putting together something like that. So, maybe by the end of this year, there'll be a Michael Conley yeah. true crime thing. These should have, uh, like, uh, is uh, Titus, uh, Mr. Welliver, excuse me, is Mr. Welliver going to be reading, the, doing the uh, the audiobook some more? Or is, is that what's Yeah, like? no, I mean, he he does a great job, obviously. Yeah, he does. And, uh, we have this dilemma coming up with this book that has both uh, him, uh, Bosch, and Welliver, and um, and Ballard. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that. And it is built in alternating sections, so we could have two readers maybe. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It, it's it's odd when you listen uh, and you hear Titus Welliver and he says Bosch does, and you're like, you're Bosch. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking? I about? have to say, you know, after now four seasons, he's Bosch. He's so good at it. He's he's everything I would have hoped to have in uh, an actor taking a character. Yeah, he he took it over and J and uh, Jamie Hector. He's he's back too, right? Yeah. Oh, he's freaking amazing. We've just had a great. Um, you know, it's like one of those things. You you take your time. You took a long time. Uh, 
picking our cast, and I think we just, down the line, we just did a great job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Wow, Michael Conley. Now, that was an interview that I totally got into, and I'm sure that you might have picked that up in the actual podcast itself. Michael Conley, great guy, awesome author, and of course, just to be able to talk about those characters and and the creativity that goes on with it was amazing. This is podcast number five, big number five. That's uh, that's huge. I want to throw some thank yous out there. We've got Morgan Martini. That's the editor, and thank you so much for being so kind to us. Uh, BJ Dahl, our producer, he's the guy that's making it all happen. Where can you get our podcast? Well, a podcast, we got them on Apple Podcasts, we got them on Stitcher, and now on TuneIn. Yeah, TuneIn, that's right. Hit us up on any of these places. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. I guess the listening is great, but the subscribing, subscribing is better. Um, and uh, it'll help it'll help everything kind of move along a little bit better got to feed the machine the machine's got to know you're out there and that's how it knows is when you subscribe talking about the machine hashtag cbsla that is the way you get to all of our social media cbsla.com slash audio is another way to get to the podcast itself uh we got a new episode every friday so if you're listening to this first time and it's friday it's probably new and if not well thanks for coming back and checking it out a little bit later of course reviews are important as well five star two star well five star i think would be better it's just another way to show the machine that there is some love out here hashtag cbsla that's how you find us on all social media thanks guys for listening We'll be right back.